Good morning. How we doing? All right. It's good to see you. Good to hear from you. Hey, uh, in two weeks, we are going back inside. That is the plan on October 11th. And uh, super exciting. Um, This week, we sent out some more information uh, also on the website, some frequently asked questions that you can find at thefreshwater.church backslash regathering. So check that out if you have questions about things. Um, We're going to be posting more information as we go just to make sure that that runs as smoothly as possible. It's going to be incredible to be in there, but it will be different. So just check that out as we go. Uh, One of the things we like to do pretty frequently, uh, because we are a Christian and Missionary Alliance church, is we want to highlight some of the uh, international workers that we support and that we partner with. And uh, uh, a couple that we support and partner with out of Varen, Germany, their names are the Carries. It's Ben and Sarah. And uh, we want to pray for them this morning. They have been similar to us, uh, sort of. Uh, their ministry has been in upheaval during COVID, and uh, and they've they've fought to continue to meet with people and and be with people in different, unique, and creative ways. And they're going to be kicking back up their gatherings here in just a few weeks. So we want to pray for that and pray that God would raise up workers for them. And that's why we want to start off our service this morning. Let's pray together, and then also just ask God to bless our time. Lord, we unite in heart uh, for the carries, our brother and our sister. We unite in the heart, Lord, asking that uh, you would bless their ministry with your Holy Spirit. We know that no obstacle can stop you, Lord. We're we're certain of that. We've seen that. And Lord, we just ask that uh, as they begin to regather and begin to to meet again with people, Lord, that uh, your spirit would be already preparing those, preparing a harvest field for them. That they would see and experience your love among a community, Lord. That they would see and experience you as they are uh, able to be in person together. But, Lord, also that they would see and experience your power and transformation. That you would raise up leaders that follow you and that want to raise up others that follow you, Lord. That you would make it a multiplication movement for the carries, Lord. That's their desire. And so we unite with them and join with them in prayer, Lord. That you would do that kind of a work through them in Varan. Lord, we pray for the partnerships that we have as a church. I think of the team that went last year, Lord. Would you continue to form those bonds even from afar? Would you continue to use us in any way that you desire, Lord? We want to be a part of your kingdom and your work and whatever you desire of us there. Would you guide those directions? Would you guide those paths? We ask your spirit to bless. And Lord, this morning we don't take for granted that you're here. You're here among us in the presence of your people. We don't take for granted that we're here with you, but also with each other. Bless this time, Lord. Bless this time with more of your presence. Lord, we know you're a jealous God that desires praise to only you. You're a jealous God that desires praise for your name and your fame, and it's right to feel that way, Lord, because you are the one that's the highest and has the most worth. So, Lord, would you take your jealousy and fill us with your jealousy. Make us jealous for your praise. Make us jealous for your glory. Make us jealous to see you lifted high this morning as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Give us your heart, Lord. I pray it in your name. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.
oh God, for you are high and lifted up, and you are holy. You are holy, oh God. I love it in the book of Isaiah. He gives us a glimpse of God's holiness. He gives us a, a, a vision of what it would be like to bow before a holy and righteous God. In Isaiah 6, he tells us, I saw the Lord on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were the seraphim, calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. For the whole earth is filled with his glory. And at the sounds of their voices, the doorpost shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah cried out, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King the Lord Almighty. The seraphim takes a live coal from the altar and he touches Isaiah's lips and he says, your guilt has been taken away. Your sins are atoned for. God made a way for Isaiah to stand in the presence of a holy God. And then in the New Testament, John gives us another glimpse into heaven. This is in the future. John tells us, I saw one who was seated on the throne, and the one the four living creatures around the throne would cry out day and night, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the 24 elders would fall down before the throne and cast their crowns, crying out, You are worthy, O Lord. You are worthy, God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will all things are created and have their being. Oh, and if that wasn't enough, then the voices of ten thousands upon ten thousands angels encircled the throne, and in a loud voice they cried out, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. For God made a way for all of mankind to come into his presence through the precious Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that was slain for my transgressions. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy are you, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise. As we enter into this last song, wouldn't it be something is as we join in with the angels in heaven who right now are crying out, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, that the earth would shake with our praises unto our holy and righteous God. For he has given us everything. He has redeemed us. He has atoned for our sins so that we can boldly go into his presence and sing his praise. Are you 
thankful for what he has done for you? Are you thankful? Well, then lift your voices in honor and praise of our King of kings and our Lord of lords. We fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of his mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. come into your presence and sing holy are you worthy are you God honored are you God What a great time of worship. Wow. Uh, thank you, team. Uh, that was just, uh, man, I needed that. Um, hey, this morning is a great day, um, and actually this past week. So um, 
We, uh, this morning, actually, just want to say happy birthday to mom. So, there you go. You're like, great. But uh, somebody else celebrated the birthday today, or actually this past week, and it was Pastor Lynn. He hit the big 5-0. So, uh, Lynn, stand up. We're going to sing happy birthday before you stand up, Lynn. Okay, so we're going to sing happy birthday cars. You're going to jump in on this, okay? So we're going to go like, happy birthday to you, and then you're going to go, honk, honk, happy birthday to you, honk, honk, happy birthday, dear Pastor Lynn, honk, honk, happy birthday to you, honk, honk. All right, you guys got it? Okay, everybody, Lynn, stand up. Stand up. It's a 5-0. You'll never get it again. Can you stand? You need some help standing? Somebody want to try to help him just stay up? Yeah, you don't get the mic on my birthday. No. Oh, no, you don't. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pastor Lynn. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Hey, if you're visiting with us, we're really, we're really glad you're here, whether you're online or whether uh, you're out there on the lawn here, we're glad you're here. And uh, if, you want, if you can see the number here and you're new and you want to text that to us, uh, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, we got uh, October 11th coming up of our first Sunday indoors, and uh, want to say thank you to all of those of you who are jumping in to be serving with our Gen Now Kids Ministry and, and working towards discipling them and getting them connected to Christ. Uh, at this point, we have enough to do the second service, and we have a, a, there's two wins in this. One is we have enough people to do the second service. We have those volunteers that are still concerned and are saying, hey, look, we're coming back, but we still got concerns, and so we know we'll be able to do at some point here. I don't know when that is or when, when we feel like COVID will die down enough that people will be able to come back and serve, but we are looking forward to that day when we'll have both mornings going, both services going. So, uh, But I want to just say thanks to all of you, uh, both sides of that, um, and just the passion we have to see our kids uh, connected to Christ. So, we're going to start a series here for four weeks, and it was, it's born out of uh, some times of prayer and actually our elder, elder team sitting down uh, with me and talking through what, where do we see our church, where do we see our culture, and just some of the things that we, we sense as a church that uh, we want Christ to speak into for our church family. And so the next four weeks come out of those conversations and that, those times of prayer. And I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Francis Schaeffer. He uh, lived uh, back in, I don't know, he passed away back in the 80s here, 1980s. But probably one of the greatest American Christian historian and philosophers of the 20th century. He wrote a book called How Then Shall We Live? It was a famous book. Um, and it delved into the patterns and the history, uh, delved into history and the patterns that you would see in the rise and decline of empires and nations throughout world history. And specifically, what caused their downfall? What was the common themes? And in 1982, he gave a talk. I, I was actually watching it uh, online on YouTube, and it was eerie. Um, he, was, 
he was in this church, a uh, larger church, and he was talking about, you know, what, what's going to end up happening, conclusions, you know, comparisons with America and, and previous empires and nations. And he said this, he says, I don't know, this is in 1982, he says, if America stays on the course it's going, he says, I don't know what would be left of America in 40 or 50 years. And it was rather sobering. And what he knew was that history repeats itself. Ecclesiastes talks about this. And when he says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, but he goes on to say, the next generations won't remember, this is my summary, but won't remember what's happened before. We'll quickly forget. And so here we are in the middle of a lot of things that we can't imagine that we're seeing. And I, and I can say phrases here and tell me whether your blood pressure goes up, right, with chaos and anarchy and what are we doing and how then shall we live with Antifa, with Black Lives Matter, with Blue Lives Matter, with Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Democrat, Republican, defund police, cancel culture, QAnon, racists in positions of authority, suicide, police under attack, mask mandates, COVID death rates. Did I hit them all? Do I need to get any more in there? I think I hit all the ones that would like What do you think we're really watching in our culture and in our nation? Schaefer said the marks of ancient Rome and its decline were these things, degeneracy, decadence, depravity, a love of violence for violence sake. He quoted a historian who lived in the 1700s. And this historian, as he described the Roman Empire in its last days, said there were five things that could, get, that could be described or boiled down what the empire was in its last days. One, the first one was a mounting love for show or luxury or wealth. A mounting show of that or mounting love of that to display your wealth, your, your luxury. Second, a widening gap between the very rich and the very poor. Third, an obsession with sex. Fourth, freakishness in the arts. Masquerading as originality. Fifth thing was it a desire, an increased desire rather, to live off the government. I read these things, and this is what happens in history, right? And history repeats itself. And Francis Schaeffer said so eloquently in that book, after he was summarizing the Roman Empire and other nations, he said this. He says, we are back in Rome. And in my 25 years of, of ministry, I know Lynn's a little bit older. He, he has a few more months on me, maybe. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm loving this, Lynn. I'm just going to eat this up. I know what's coming. Um, I've never seen the church so distracted. I have never seen freshwater, us, so distracted. And maybe even floundering. Distracted by anger. Distracted by fear. Distracted by confusion. 
suspicion. And maybe it even pegs over into the red line of rage, terror. In these last seven months, uh, I think we're starting to realize here in the U.S., we, we actually, it is Rome. We're, we're here. It is that. It's really that bad. And tragically, <clears throat> absolutely nothing we're witnessing or experiencing is unprecedented. It's all happened before. Study history, and you'll see this has happened over and over again in nations and empires. The only thing that's unprecedented is probably that all of us have a supercomputer in our phone and can watch it happen every five seconds, every time we want to get on it. So the question is, how then do we live in Rome? And these next messages are going to talk about that. How then shall we live? And I want to read to you a letter that Paul wrote, that, that God inspired Paul to write to Christians who were living in Rome. Just like us. Colossians chapter 3 he says this, if you've been raised with Christ and seated and seek the things that are, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds that are on above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self with its being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is in all, is all rather, and in all. I think as we look at these, these days ahead, and especially as we're coming into the fall here with the elections and COVID still going on, I think Christ wants us to move away from being distracted by all of this stuff and to begin to set our minds on him in a deliberate way, and maybe we've been floundering or maybe we're doing it sometimes good, sometimes bad or, or whatever, but I think Christ is saying, now church is the time. Okay, we've had six months. We're catching up to speed. Now is the time to set your mind on me. You have enough to know what's going on in your country, what's going on with COVID, what's going on politically. Set your mind on me, on Christ. Is your mind set? Look at that list. 
You got the first one, the idols, the, the passions, the impurity, the evil desires. Worshiping those. The second list is the one that's really triggered for this, or, or folk, we're focusing in on for this, this message here of anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talks. Anyone struggling with those things? Anyone struggling with so much anger at what you're seeing or fear? Like, it, like it's captured your heart, like it's hard to turn it off. I think the reality is emotions have been running high for quite a while. Is the God that's not mentioned here that maybe we're possibly worshiping is the God of normal? The God, the God of, of normal that says, I just want it back the way it was. Or I want it, maybe it's just my own desires. I want it my way. I want it this way. I don't want to do it that way. The problem is when you have anger or fear, it's, it's hard to just stop that, right? You don't just stop that because you're in conflict at some point. Something is pushing us into conflict, and you don't just flip the switch on that thing. There's a lot that has to be undone. There's a lot that has to be resolved. How many times do the what-ifs that happen in our country trigger us, right? What if, what if the Republicans win? What if the Democrats win? What if anarchy continues? What if they keep canceling out Christians? What if they keep canceling out Christian businesses or businessmen and businesswomen? What if they keep defunding the police? What if racism is left unchecked? The, the what ifs unchecked. Um, the what ifs, it gives us this, um, maybe it's Christian justification to get angry or to let fear rule. Maybe even to go to verbal war, emotional war, political war, cancel out others. And, and what Christ is saying is, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. St. Augustine once wrote this famous phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Now, it works when you're talking missiology. It doesn't work when you're talking kingdom politics. And the kingdom of God does not run the way Rome runs. C.S. Lewis once wrote, almost all crimes of Christian history have come about when religion is confused with politics. Now, he's speaking specifically of Christians, right? Christian in control, in power, and he says almost all crimes of Christian history in our past as a church come when religion is confused with politics. Politics, which always runs by the rules of ungrace, allures us to trade away grace for power. A temptation the church has often been unable to resist. 
Are we trading away ungrace or grace for power rather? Have we brought in the practices of the old self, how Rome lives, fight, rage, post it, tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, Twitter it, win the argument, use force, or maybe on the flip side with fear, it's run, it's retreat, it's hide. Church, as an elder board, we believe God is calling us to set our minds on Christ. It's time. Chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, be thankful, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. time to set our hearts, our minds on Christ. There's a story in Luke chapter 9. Jesus wanted to go into a town of Samaria, or in the area of Samaria, a town, and they didn't want him because he was a Jew. And the disciples were so ticked off, they, they said, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and judge him and wipe him out? And Jesus is like, are you kidding me? No. No. Don't call down fire from heaven. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, Jesus said he is one of the most blessed people to ever live. One of the greatest people in the history of the kingdom of God was arrested like a common criminal because he stood up to King Herod and said, yeah, that marriage you got there is really bad. He's arrested. His life's in jeopardy. He ends up being on death row, as it were. And you know what Jesus did? He actually started a riot. <clears throat> he actually went and protested. He tweeted about it. He posted on Facebook. He stormed the gates of Herod. No, actually what happened is Jesus actually fled when John the Baptist was killed. Jesus, who could have called down angels, let John the Baptist die. 
Now, the politics of the kingdom of God are not the politics of Rome. They're not. They're not the same thing. The way God does politics is upside down. And, and there's a plan that the Father has that has been going on since the beginning of this world. And it does not align with the way this world does politics. It just doesn't. The kingdom of God is this. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving. And above all these things, putting on love. You look at Christ as a political movement. Everybody wanted to make him king, and he kept saying, no, it's the will of the Father. It's the plan of the king. And so what does he do? He allows himself to be arrested, falsely accused, killed. What does it look like for us to set our minds on Christ and his kingdom? The things that are above. What are the things that we're holding on to so tightly? The things that we're so angry about, the things that we're so scared about. And what does it look like to just release this to Christ? And to get focused and aligned with him. Holy Spirit, would you just show people right now, if, if you have things that you're holding on to, just ask the Spirit right now. I'm open. Show me. What am I holding on to? And it's hard to let go and you can't flip that switch. Is there fear? Is there anger? Is there whatever? I, I don't know. Ask him to move. If you've crossed the line somehow in these things that, that Paul says, that really it's, it's God speaking through Paul in these early verses of 5 through 7 and, and 8. If you've crossed the line, tell him, I know I've crossed the line. I'm sorry. Say that. Mean it. And receive his forgiveness. In Christ's name, tell Satan, get out. I'm done. If the last six months have been dominated by anything but the peace of Christ ruling in your heart, right now Christ wants to reorder that. If you go home this afternoon and you flip on your phone, you get on the news, you get on whatever you check, and all of a sudden your blood pressure goes up, you got to stop and set your mind on Christ. If what you're posting, I want you to think about this. I think we all do. I, I just, I had to apologize. I wrote a 
It was just dumb. A company, I'm buying some clothes from a shirt, right? And the way they promised it and everything, it was going to be delivered. It never got delivered. I never heard from them. I had to write them multiple times. Ends up canceling it after, I think, four weeks. And, and I wrote them this blistering thing. And then I had to, the next day, write them a letter, an email going, it's clothes. It's clothes. Like, does that really matter? Like, who cares? It's just clothes. What are you posting? Is love the definition of what you're posting? And I don't know how to do all this. How do you live in Rome when it's, when it's like this? But I'm telling you, nobody else in Rome is going to live like Christians. We can live like everybody else, but nobody's going to live like Christians. I mean, he wrote this to people in Rome. This is written to people who lived in Rome, and the question Christ is going to ask you, and he's asking us, after six months, we're catching up to speed. We're probably not going to see much else that's new under the sun in the coming months. It's time. It's time to live as Christ would have us live and not be confused, and not be distracted, but to have our minds set on him. And to start to say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this moment? And Lord, how do you want me to respond in this moment? Church, we can do it because I'm telling you, if we do this, if we set our minds on Christ, and we, we put on the mind of Christ, and we're filled with him, and everything that we do is bound in love, and the peace of Christ rules us, we are going to shine. Christ is going to shine. That's what he wants for people who live in Rome. That's what he wants. Let's pray. Spirit, I pray right now that you would fall on every one of us here. And once again, Release your peace that can rule our hearts. I pray for those who are watching, whether it's right now or, or in the weeks to come, that you would pull them into this moment and your peace would fill the car, would fill the room where they are. Just like your peace is settling on us right here. Jesus, just clear the air, clear our minds. As we go forward, would our minds be set on you and we'd be able to release these things and follow your lead in these days ahead. Amen.